You are listening to Bit Podcast, a business podcast series produced by BitPod on behalf of PKF Malta. This series is brought to you by BitPod's co-founder, Dr. Marilyn Formosa. Hello, everyone. To all our listeners, this is Marilyn, your host for another session of BitPod by PKF Malta. And today we have a very, very special session, and I'm very, very excited and happy to welcome with us Mr. Anthony Mikalev, founder and chairman of Office Group. So we met, you and I met, two, almost two and a half years ago in Japan. So now we, we're going to explore a little bit, a, a small part in the little time we have, of your remarkable career in business. Fantastic, thank you. You have recently celebrated your 40th anniversary since the founding of your business office group. This must raise so, so many emotions. I'd like to ask you to name the top three. Well, actually, I, I feel that determination, proud and blessed are the three points I, I want to talk about in this uh, question. Looking back in the past 40 years and to all the ups and downs I had to experience, I continued with my vision to succeed in what I believed. And today I am still wondering how my determination keeps going with the same strategy of the past. Proud of my three boys who were also present and part of my success and happy that through the, my family succession plan I did a couple of years ago, the business keeps growing in the same direction as I had started way back in 1980. Last but not least, I feel blessed to have met so many people through my work, to have experienced their growth and success and have some of these people still forming part of my life. As chairman of Office Group, I am always present to give my support. Thank you, Anthony. That is truly inspiring. For our listeners who don't know, Office Group is an enterprise that is focused on printing machines and, uh, and, related, and related equipment, essentially that has done a great, great deal over the years, including coming to house one of the major Japanese brands here in Malta. You started your business from scratch, right? You built it from the ground up. Nobody handed it to you on a silver platter or otherwise. It was not a family business you inherited, but rather one you built for your family. And it all started with an idea, as all great things start in life, that you worked, through your mind, which makes you a very, very special kind of person to me with a very special set of attributes. Can you share with us a little bit about how 40 years ago, as a younger man, this idea came to be planted in your mind to break off and go solo and how you went about setting this great plan to action? Well, actually, it's quite a good journey through my life. Because uh, after my graduation in mechanical engineering, I, I, I had a, a job, a job uh, in, in Malta to do, uh, to work on, 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 on equipment that is mostly mechanical. 
and uh, I succeeded in, in many points because I also um, did a lot of uh, work with uh, schools and uh, typewriters and other things. But at the same time, um, uh, when I started my business, I saw the change coming into electronics. And this is how it started. I needed to start my business. And also, um, uh, I visited a lot of um, electronic uh, equipment in, in, in fairs abroad, especially uh, at Sabit in Hanover, Germany, in IPEX, in London, UK, and FESPA in Holland, Amsterdam. And anyway, I got a lot of experience from this, and this is where I started building up my business from scratch to try to change the equipment, the equipment that was in, in, still in offices and everywhere, but mechanical, to change them into, into uh, electronics. This is how I started my, my first step. And then, of course, uh, when I started visiting abroad, the new business coming in, uh, all I did is that I thought, okay, well, how do I change the uh, old equipment into the new equipment? This was uh, the first uh, step. And of course, I started visiting a lot of clients and uh, also leave them with uh, uh, some equipment in uh, stores, their office, to try it out in case they change it to this. But at the same time, yes, I managed um, to successfully uh, start building, working on uh, electronic equipment. I really wish to underline this. So you worked within the mechanical sphere for a good seven years before making the, the choice, taking the decision to branch off on your own. And it was approximately exactly at this juncture that you started to realize that the industry that you knew as mechanical was making the shift to electronics, which means invariably that everything that to you was uh, familiar, your expertise, your comfort zone, was all about to turn upside down. But this did not dissuade you and you went at it full force and started your business pushing through a new era of electronics. Tell us a little bit about how this, how you, how you overcame this challenge against all odds. Well, actually, uh, when I started on my job as a, a mechanical engineer, and I uh, was also repairing equipment in the banks because everything was mechanical. And also uh, I, I did the seven years uh, working practically only on mechanical equipment. The feeling that when I used to visit um, uh, trade fairs ab abroad, especially on the printing industry, I found that, uh, you know, things are changing. Sometimes there is a machine uh, that's still mechanical, but a part of it is changing into electronics, maybe to make it faster, maybe to make it more available for specific uh, jobs that uh, businesses you need. And this is how it, it all started. So at that time, when I saw that this is uh, growing, because I also had seen um, uh, even, even people from China and Japan and uh, uh, taking photos of these machines and talking always about the electronic uh, new vision, 
I said to myself, this is the time that I can take a decision and I start my own business. I, I will try to see how I start changing the equipment that the client is using from mechanical into electronics. And this is how it all started. And I uh, opened my first company as Office Electronics. Everybody was saying, what is this? Uh, Office Electronics, 1980, nothing exists, electronics. But we had a good showroom in, in Bikikara. And of course, uh, people started coming and we can explain and I myself directly um, what is the difference between uh, this uh, new equipment to, uh, to the old equipment. I did my very best. I used to put a couple of machines in the car. I go around and maybe if I see uh, a shop or a bar or somewhere where they use a cash register, for example, at the back of my seat in the car, I have a machine to show them. And I tell them, keep it for um, 30 days. And this, I can take it back if you're not happy with it. But uh, the opposite happened because they, they want it that they continue with this type of equipment. This is how it all started. But of course, then I also had the possibility, of course, to take um, business uh, even abroad. And this uh, is a long story, of course, of how, I, uh, how it all started. Said like a true visionary that you are. Thank you for sharing that. The next chapter I want to explore with you is traveling. So I know, that our listeners don't yet, that apart from the fairs that you used to travel to attend, you also did a great deal of traveling in terms of actual work. And that you had the opportunity to, to spend long stretches of time, notably in Libya. Libya with its many perspectives and you know, our many perceptions of it perhaps today as, as people, my generation perhaps, most of us have never been to Libya, but we only know what we hear of it on the news. So what I'd like to ask you is, first impressions count. Can you share with us a little bit about the first time you landed in Libya? How did you adjust? How were you welcomed? How did you feel? And how would you describe the Libyan people and your experience of working with them essentially for so many years? Well, it was by coincidence. Uh, I got a call um, uh, to visit uh, Libya. I never had gone to Libya. I didn't even know um, uh, how long it would take, even though I checked and uh, it was only uh, not more than half an hour you're there. But at the same time, I saw that uh, the 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 equipment that they have in Libya was still all mechanical. Mm-hmm. And perhaps it was a good chance for me that uh, if I go there, I do, of course, my work as a technical person that I knew for seven years how everything is uh, um, adjusted and, uh, and, and also taken care of and services and uh, training and many other things. And I thought, okay, this is, could be a good chance for me to build up more the business uh, with more equipment told uh, to, to big companies. I got the chance to go. Uh, it's like I started f- from scratch uh, for like the seven years I had already uh, worked at, at, uh, at, uh, 
in, in my office before in the mechanical engineering. But then, of course, um, when, I, when I landed there, there were so many machines to repair and I tried to do my very best to repair them all, especially the, um, uh, some equipment that was also uh, very, very, very strange and uh, very, very great equipment in the mechanical engineering. But of course, I started informing clients, especially in the oil sector, which is a big place where, where you can sell a lot of equipment. If you sell uh, maybe 20 machines here in Malta, uh, I sell and make 100 machines uh, practically every okay. month. And this is uh, the big difference. So yes, I, I started taking uh, repairs, uh, the mechanical part, and it took me three years to uh, succeed in uh, making the client uh, by uh, 30 typewriters, uh, electronic. And this was the first uh, step uh, that uh, I, I put in, in the electronics um, in, in, in the company in order that this uh, maybe would be the start. But that's the work side. Tell us a little bit about the people. How did you feel? How was life in Libya? How were the people? How was the food? How was the general hospitality? Well, to us who uh, don't know anything of it. Of course, uh, it was not easy uh, because um, the food was just, uh, you know, not that much uh, that you can go in a, at that time in a supermarket and buy everything that we can buy today. Sure. And it was uh, not, uh, not easy. I saw uh, a lot of um, things, but I, I also made it clear that uh, for me, important is the business and uh, I make friends and I, 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 I do my job properly. I, I never look back and this is how it all started. But uh, yes, of course, uh, I had uh, nice friends and they respected me 100% uh, because they knew that I am respecting uh, their job and their work and uh, you know whatever I need to do. This makes all the difference, uh, of course, in the future that when I was working with one big company in Benghazi, I started then uh, being told by, by my, my superiors that uh, yes, other companies in, in different section, sections, whether it's in Tripoli or, or Raslanouf and others, uh, need to also talk to me. And this is where I managed also to put this equipment in place, even in these big companies. This is how it all started. It's my idea to make sure that, uh, you know, uh, nothing changed. Uh, Libya for me was everything, giving me the opportunities and giving me the strength uh, to, to stay there because it's not easy that I am uh, five weeks at a time in Libya really had to travel from one place to another and found a lot of uh, unfortunate um, problems uh, on the on the roads and everywhere but uh, what's important that in my brain always stayed keep going keep going look positive look positive and always keep keep uh, taking uh, the, the the ride uh, that you want that at the end of the day you become successful in your work this is how it all started. And now for a quick intermission.
BKF Malta, we offer a full range of immigration solutions and have dedicated ourselves to meeting excellence as a standard every time. This year, our VIP Client Handling Division celebrates seven years of success, gratitude, friendship and trust. Our current offering covers second passport and permanent residence options for the following countries, Malta, Bulgaria, Turkey, the Caribbean islands of St. Kitts, Dominica and Grenada, as well as E2 business visa applications for the US and the vetted EB5 investment option through our trusted partners. Be a part of our success story. Get in touch with PKF Malta today. Anthony, a man of all seasons, essentially, and somebody who has seen much more of what life has to offer than I think the vast majority of people. You have vision, you have leadership. Were you ever approached to enter politics? And is it something that you yourself ever considered or like to do? Well, uh, politics, no. But one time I had, uh, um, I had an opportunity in a way. I don't call it opportunity. I call it uh, more that uh, it is uh, a place I used to visit uh, regularly in Mozambique, a friend of mine that also uh, was a distributor of, uh, of our products, Konica Minolta, in that place and in south of, uh, of Africa. And uh, we became friends and he used to invite me every, every year, but only on a, on a January, because that was the pr- proper time to, to visit uh, in this nice place. And I used to go there. I used to travel there. And at the same time, I, uh, I used to enjoy uh, going fishing uh, with my friend, spend a couple of days, and then sometimes even extend it to a week. But this was uh, just my feeling that something can happen. That at one time, when I, uh, we were on an island and we were fishing, we caught a, a, quite a, a few uh, fish because every time you you try, uh, you, you, you get the fish so easy because it's uh, not uh, uh, with so many people uh, going fishing there. So you, you manage to get more. What happens is that, uh, but uh, this, uh, on this island, there is this uh, hotel, uh, one hotel, and uh, they used to tell me, okay, uh, this uh, has to give, be given all to the hotel for the, for the people that are living there or, or staying there in order that uh, this is shared in, uh, in, in the evening uh, between them all. One time I, I had a person that was looking at the, at the food here and there, you know, and, and also checking what he should uh, choose, practically more uh, a buffet that uh, they were. And then I said to this person, I said, if you, uh, take from this, uh, it's fresh. Uh, I went fishing and I gave this uh, to uh, the chef. And uh, please uh, take this because I'm sure it's the best you can have. Joking around, uh, he came to our table. I was with my friend and his wife and two children. Uh, He said to me, do you have anything to do tomorrow? Because I'm visiting some other islands and you can come with me and perhaps you you talk about uh, you know the change in Co- uh, Mozambique and uh, how good it is and this and that and try to give a little a more a more pos- uh, possibility of 
you know, getting uh, votes for him. My friend uh, gave me some points I, I can write in, in Mozambique as like a small paragraph. Uh, and then the rest, the rest I could speak in English because he so this man a, was a politician, was he? No, he was, uh, yes, he was making uh, meetings uh, with uh, people around the islands because in Mozambique there are hundreds of islands here and there and people okay. live here, people live there. So he wanted me to go with him on one of these islands, which maybe it takes a couple of hours to arrive. And I told to my friend Oliver, yes, can we uh, please go together? And then he told me, oh, the problem is my two children and my wife, but you can go. And I was uh, worried uh, about uh, going on my own in case I get lost on another island. <laughs> Excused myself in the morning, kept in touch. He said, yes, I can understand uh, because uh, with your friends here and maybe you're leaving soon and I need more, more time. So uh, he, he did understand. I apologized and I stayed. But where this person, uh, you know, um, was in the politics, of course, and uh, he wanted to even to maybe even support his, uh, without knowing I, I, I had the name and I was, of course, saying, uh, the, I, I should say this for sure, is the best uh, place and the best uh, people and the best, uh, you know, um, uh, person that uh, is, is doing this, uh, these meetings. And uh, then um, later, uh, the, the votes came out. Um, I was informed by a mail from my friend uh, that I was with, uh, while I was in Malta, that what a pity uh, that I didn't go uh, to that uh, island. Why? Because um, this person I have photos of and, you know, nice person, he became the prime minister of... Oh my goodness. So you could have been the right hand oh, man of next prime minister of Mozambique. <laughs> he, said, he said you could have... Uh, he would have given you an island there, here. Oh dear. Uh, one island that you could, you could form it up, uh, you know, for your work. And I said, uh, yes, uh, but oh, the, no. the most important thing is that he became the prime minister. For me, I'm more happy. <laughs> That's good. So I missed a near, a near chance of having been awarded an island, like, uh, like some members of royalty. Anthony, before entering business, you were a very accomplished sportsman also, it is good to say. You played football at a national level here in Malta, you won many trophies, you were a very sought-after player, and you moved through the top ranks and teams in the country. If you look back today, when you look back today rather, do you see and recognize if sports gave you any skills that were useful then when setting up your business and making your way as you did through the industrial world? Well, uh, football, cross country, gymnastics, swimming. I continued working, uh, uh, playing football for until 45 years. I think this is why I'm still um, active in a way that uh, I don't feel any, any pains or I had any problems, uh, even though I'm not uh, uh, that young anymore. Mm -hmm. But yes, I, I loved uh, football. I loved 
going cross country. I used to go to Stella Maris College and I found that there they organize a lot of sports. I had gymnastics. I, I won uh, the, the vaulting at, at one of our yearly, yearly uh, events. Uh, and, wow, uh, is that the one where you run with the, with the giant stick and have to jump across a, yes, over, yes. Uh, over you a pole? You do, do, you do a somersault and wow. you do also a lot of... Uh, and uh, I, I managed to get, uh, you know, first uh, in this gymnastics. It helped me also in the swimming because, of course, I wanted to do even a somersault once I jump in the water. Wow. <laughs> So everything that, uh, you know, uh, I, I try to do uh, with, uh, with uh, lots of love because uh, sports for me was even keeping myself in good shape and at the same time doing everything that uh, need uh, many stories in the sports. Can I also tell you one time uh, I was playing for a, a team and they, the, the coach told me, okay, uh, you are a very big sprinter why you don't go on the wing and when when you run and you put uh, the the ball um, you know put it in the center of the yes the the, the goalkeeper you can run and uh, even uh, put uh, your head and and shoot the ball in and go i said this cannot happen i, I cannot run at the same time run to to have the ball inside the goal but it was a funny uh, way and he said, you know, I understand and I want you on, the, on there. And I used to score a lot of goals, like he suggested. And then you scored a lot of goals as well in your business. So it is safe to say that you managed to transfer the love, energy and discipline that you put into your many uh, sporting accomplishments then into, into, the, into the business that you, that you created and grew. In life, Anthony, we often, we like to say that you live by no regrets, but most often people, most people do have a few regrets. When it comes to yourself, is there anything that you would have done completely different given the chance? I don't think I would have done anything uh, different, except that uh, I, I continue uh, supporting uh, my company, even though now second son Robert is taking over. But at the same time, of course, I feel always uh, that I need to uh, um, make uh, all the efforts uh, inside me that I always do something for myself, for the company, for, 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 um, for everything that is, uh, you know, um, important. Unfortunately, uh, yes, uh, I am working, uh, unfortunately, in this uh, period uh, from home. I'm doing still uh, my work. This gives uh, a lot of support also to my boys. So now, Anthony, you're, you're going to address young entrepreneurs who are listening, young men and young women who are today working on, dreaming of, or building their own brand new business. I want you to tell them three things they must not do in order to be a success. Uh, very easy. It's uh, first one is never give up. The second is always think positive and listen to your heart more than your mind. Don't listen to your mind. To avoid complications, but the heart is always the first. And uh, and the third and most important is to be respectful and give your utmost support to your clients. 
and of course those around you that king uh, you things and you know you always try to do your very best and be respectful to all uh, i think this is the main uh, point of this type of question okay okay so never give in to the temptation to be disrespectful even if it is really strong that's the third another expression therefore that we that we are familiar with luck favors the brave we hear this a lot through all your years of experience what do you say anthony does luck favor the brave if you have to say luck against hard work which matters most does luck play a role in success and if so how big a role i believe that once you are honest and persistent in whatever you are doing you never look back and do not let obstacles weaken you this is uh, surely uh, my view luck sometimes you say okay i can uh, be happy if i win the lottery yes so luck it is it's on itself it's not enough because how sure you are uh, to win a lottery but at the same time this uh, luck uh, is there if it will never replace the hard work one puts when believing in a future vision so the vision has to be there always look forward always feel that you can do it never never give up i used to give an example uh, when when i used to visit clients and they tell me this this and that i said if you go on a long uh, way way and you're tired you try a little bit more because this can give you more strength and uh, this is also how 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 i look at it when you look forward you always look forward never look back and this is how things uh, go for the best uh, this is this is my word always look forward always look forward absolutely love that thank you anthony throughout your career which moment or episode would you consider to have been your defining moment in terms of success the latest uh, was when in bikikara and uh, they are taking care in, at the moment of 150 countries in central asia middle east and africa this is a, a great achievement because we started with a company we continued with the company so we have this stretch yes from uh, from from 1980 this will never change but you see that once they start you start getting even respect from your companies that you work with uh, abroad and also from the general office of Konica Minolta in Germany uh, this this gives you all the, the the feeling that yes you are always on the on the right step 150 countries in these uh, areas um, is, is is a lot and and of course um, we have uh, two floors in our building center dedicated to Konica Minolta and they work 24 hours uh, they uh, bring people from all over the world uh, all over these of course uh, uh, distributors they also um, um, give them training this supports us also because we get the training too on specific new machinery so all works in in the right way this is how i i i i i see it uh, myself as the, the defining moment in terms of success Undeniably huge achievements, Anthony. 
And the last question for today's session, um, I'd like to ask you this. Who was the biggest inspiration or mentor in your life? Well, my parents, especially my mom. She was the, the one that even gave me this uh, little typewriter uh, in, the, in the beginning. And this is, she was also in the business. She was also, okay, she had a small grocery in that time, a very long time ago. And, uh, and she, I used to help her and I used to see that, uh, you know, uh, the, the people that come to the um, uh, to the shop um, are happy and uh, find everything in order and this also is, is inside me. So first, yes, my parents, my parents, especially my mother. And the second is my clients uh, that I consider as part of the family. Um, my children who also followed my steps and now run their own business successfully. They have uh, two of them are in the aviation and also the other one is in the, the office equipment, um, but mostly furniture, that's it. And then uh, Robert is uh, who, the one that took over the office group and he is also making big success because he added even their lines and, and uh, education and also he, he just graduated and um, uh, entrepreneur, he has masters there and uh, he's doing very, 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 very well. And of course I support him from A to Z. And uh, the last point is uh, that I again say, uh, throughout my life, I always had a vision for success. I always included this in my company's strategy and goals. There is always light at the end of the tunnel. Once you believe in it, there is nothing back. And you will see it. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Mikalev, founder and chairman of his group Malta. Thank you very much. Remember to follow our socials and be with us next time. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Bit Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. 